All right, what's up, Florida? What's up? Here we are again. Sorry, kind of got sidetracked there. We're looking. We're here with uh, Coach Myers. Uh, you can follow him at Coach Myers Gut Check. Uh, you can also follow him at Old School Jim. Look for the one with that little squiggly Old English letters on it. Uh, <laughs> but he's here with us today, man. He's the head SMG, head SMG, head strength and conditioning coach. I was like, man, uh, SMG. I'm about to add something new to my uh, resume there. I didn't yeah, know yeah, that. yeah. He's a new SMG, but a head strength and conditioning coach for the Ohio RTC and the Ohio State University. Uh, he's been part of three Big Ten championships, a national championship, and uh, man, we can just go down all the four-time All-Americans he's had in history: Rollins, Palmer, Nato, Shiver, Stiber, Jordan, Snyder, Martin, and there's more. Uh, but uh, He's here with us today, and um, what's up, man? What's up, man? Hey, I appreciate you having me on. I'm, and it, it's really cool for me to look at this and see, you know, you all the way down there in Florida, and I see the old school gym sign right behind you. This is probably like the coolest thing I've ever seen. So I'm <laughs> actually at the old school gym today, but I'm up here in my office. I got my old school chalkboard behind me where I jot notes when I give lectures and stuff like that. But yeah, it's been a kind of typical day here at the gym. You know, got in here early, had some of my uh, my Ohio State guys early in the morning, had my high school guys all throughout the day. Uh, Miles Martin and Colin Moore came out this afternoon. We got their, their workouts in, kind of gave them their, their conditioning they had to hit and stuff like that. And now just uh, get to chop it up with you a little bit before I go home today. So it's been a good day. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And uh, man, I, now you got an idea for when you, when you get back onto your radio show, what you need to throw up on the green screen. I honestly, I might have to. I don't think I could have thought of a better background than that. Really cool. <laughs> I can share it. I can share it with you uh, through uh, Canva or, or message it to you so you can just add it. I'll take my uh, I'll take my word wrestling live off the corner because I mean you're welcome to keep it there, but for your show it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be a different logo. Right. Uh, but hey, so uh, has your gym been able to stay open through this whole summer, or did you have to be were you were you shut down as well for a while? Yeah. So we we were shut down from like early to mid-March until the last week of May. So I think the last week of May, we were given the green light to reopen and we spent a week, you know, deep cleaning everything and getting all of our, you know, kind of all of our ducks in a row. And I think we reopened, uh, you know, June 1st, June 2nd, something like that. So we were, we were closed almost three months. Now, so, um, I, correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't know if it, it just depends on the area that you live in, but um, a lot of people that I've talked to that, whether it's a high school gym or a college gym or something, they now have been regulated where a certain amount of people at a time for a certain time period uh, were going in. Is that the same kind of changes you're seeing? Yeah, so because we're a smaller gym, we never have to worry about reaching the upper limit of how many people it is. I think it's 100 people in a building at one time uh, here in Ohio. So we never have to worry about that because we, we only have you know about 250 or 300 members total. So there's never more than maybe, you know, on a, in a busy time, maybe 30, 40 people here. But I know for like what they would consider group training or group classes, you couldn't have more than 10 people. So I kind of ran into an issue with my, my high school strength training groups in the past, you know, I'd had, you know, 13, 14, 15 kids in a group. And this summer I just had to shrink them down to 10. So I just had to kind of add a few more time slots. Uh, but, you know, other than that, I mean, we've been managing it fairly well here. I mean, uh, you know, we just get a deep cleaning done by a professional company once a week, you know, in between we got these, there's even one on my desk with these spray bottles everywhere, you know, just trying to coach these young kids how to clean up after themselves, which are life skills that they should know anyways, you know, they need to know how to, you know, put stuff back and clean up after themselves. And, um, 
you know, they, they actually mandated, you know, masks here in Ohio. So we're wearing masks in the gym. Everyone's kind of used to it now. It's no big deal. And, uh, you know, that's, that's just kind of what it is what it is. You know I mean? There's not, you know, obviously things that look a little bit different, but we're still training as hard as ever here. You know, my, my high school kids are all like setting PRs every week. Uh, and when we, when we need to do some really hard conditioning work, we grab the aerodynes, we pull them outside so we can take the masks off and stuff like that. And we've, uh, we've been getting after, we've had a really good summer here. Man, that's good. And it's, uh, I mean, it's good to talk to some people around the country that say, you know, uh, where the cases aren't growing at, at a level that, that they're growing down here and where, where you're able to get back out and, and start doing things. We're starting to see, um, I think we're starting to get a downtick here. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping here in the next week or two, everybody, uh, I don't know if, I don't know if, is anybody ever going to feel 100% comfortable again? Um, you know, that, that's a good question because I've, I remember at first I was kind of, I would say, I would speak in terms of when, you know, I'd say, well, when we're back to normal, then you start thinking like, is it if, is it if we're ever back to normal, you know? Um, I think certain things are gonna have to, let's say in theory, you know, next year they come out with a vaccine and, you know, the vaccine kind of wipes it out and maybe it's very manageable at that point. At what point do you feel comfortable, you know, seeing people that you haven't seen forever, you gum up and you give them a hug and, you know, things like that. Whereas now, like, you know, you kind of just instinctively try to keep your distance from people somewhat. And um, I would hope that it returns, you know, back to normal, but, you know, maybe, maybe some of these things, you know, maybe need to go by the wayside, not just for COVID, but for flu and everything else. Like I don't need to shake everyone's hand that comes to my gym. And, you know, for, for the last couple of years, I've kind of, you know, I actually longer than I probably once I started having kids, I was like, you know what, I don't want to, I'm in a German-infested environment every day. I don't want to bring cold tone to them. So when people come in, I kind of give it, they come and try to shake my hand. Like, look, I don't want to shake 100 people's hand every day. I'll, I'll give you a knuckle bump. It's no disrespect, but it's just one of those things. So, you know, maybe certain things like that are never going to come back. And I think maybe that's okay. But hopefully we get to the point where we can have our guard down somewhat, uh, you know, from a social aspect and there not be, you know, tremendous consequences from it. That's yeah, it's crazy. I, I try and watch some shows like uh, Joe Rogan tends to have some pretty cool conversations on there, right? And and he's like, what if this is just it? What if for the rest of our lives, we just have to keep a mask in our pocket? And what if it's just the way it is? We go to the store, put a mask on. Uh, it seems like outside people are pretty good, but it's it's the inside. But um, who knows, man? Well, um, before we just continue to keep going down that path. Right. <laughs> um, so you've got the old school gym, man. How long have you? Uh, how long have you been involved with that gym? I, I know you're part owner. Uh, yeah. So my partner when, and I that opened it. I'll give you like the. We actually did a podcast episode. I was like an hour and a half long of the origin of the gym. So and we practiced yeah. three hours. But I'll try <laughs> to give you like the the two minute version of it. Um, so it's one of you know my best friend from high school. We grew up lifting weights together in my dad's garage and in our you know weightlifting class at our high school. You know back in the mid nineties and. Um, we ended up, you know, I went to school at Ohio State. He went to school up here and, you know, got his uh, exercise specialist degree, like a one-year certificate. And then while we were still in college, he left and was personal training at a gym. I got a job there, like working the desk. And then be, it was either a year before I graduated, you know, maybe 2000, 2001, something like that. He ended up leaving that gym and opening like a small personal training studio, you know, very small, like 600 square foot. It was basically like an office. And he had a treadmill and a couple sets of dumbbells and a jump rope and had no fold up card table. That was his desk. And um, I started training some clients there part-time. And at the time at Ohio State, you know, my undergrad degree I was completing was in English. 
and I was going to go on to grad school to become an English teacher. And by the time I graduated with my, my uh, bachelor's, I was, had a pretty full training schedule. I was like, you know what? Like, I think this seems like a better idea. You know, I'm working out every day with my best friend. We're hanging out. We're listening to rap music. I'm teaching people how to work out. And I thought, you know, maybe I'll put grad school off for a year. And then during that year, I trained full time. And then we had an opportunity that came up. There was a small little hole in the wall gym. It was called Amazing Fitness. It was a total dump. And it was in this uh, little town called Pataskala, right outside of Columbus, but it went out of business and the guy approached us about buying it. And we ended up, you know, going halves on it. We bought the, bought the gym and that was how the original old school gym was born. That was 2003. So um, we moved to the location where now, you know, a much bigger building in uh, 2008. And, you know, we've just been plugging away ever since, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, how were you able to transition to becoming kind of the Ohio State uh, wrestling strength and conditioning, uh, not just wrestling, but you do a multitude of, uh, of sports. And then of course you got into the high schools and everything else. Uh, was that always your goal or, or did it just kind of work out that way? So, you know, I, I had wrestled in high school, so I had a wrestling background. Um, you know, I wasn't like an elite wrestler or anything. Like I was just your average Joe, you know, I'm more of just like a muscle head. I kind of started a little bit late, didn't start till until 10th grade, actually, one of my you know best friends talked me into, he's like, you love to lift weights, you're strong, you should wrestle. Um, so I had a wrestling background. And then once we had the original old school gym, you know, we at that time, I was training just kind of general population, you know, lots of weight loss, and you know, bodybuilders and you know, stuff like that. And I wanted to you know, try to break into the local high schools and train athletes. I was like, you know, and I had some football players and you know, track athletes and volleyball and stuff like that. But I started training some wrestlers. I was like, man, like, I feel like I have a better concept of how these athletes need to be trained because that was the only sport I ever played, you know? Um, so I started training just kind of local high school guys. And then, you know, fast forward to 2010. Um, this was right around the time when, you know, social media was, you know, kind of in its infancy. I think Facebook was around the time or whatever. So we're trying to figure out how to create content and, you know, show people all the cool stuff we're here doing at the gym that like no one knows about, you know, because you wouldn't have money for advertising or anything like that. And I happened to meet, um, you know, Tommy Rollins through a mutual business connect. And I don't know if you're familiar with Tommy, but he was a legendary high state wrestler. He's a couple years younger than me, but we were close enough in age. I think when I was in high school as a senior, you know, I wrestled the same district tournament as him when he was a, you know, freshman or sophomore. So I knew who he was very familiar with him. I was a huge fan of his. And we met and at that time. He was two years post retiring from international competition. He had, uh, made the Olympic trial finals in 2008, lost to Steve Mako, um, you know, like in triple overtime or whatever. They used to do freestyle, but different back then. There was like ball grabs, essentially like a coin flip. He lost three of, it, of the coin flips in a row and it was the Olympic trials alternate. And um, so he didn't make the team. He retired, went out in the business world. And when I met him in 2010, he was like talking and you know, he was out at the gym. He's like, man, you know, I'd, I'd like to make a comeback, but I've been on the couch for two years. I haven't done anything. And he, you know, he kind of explained to me how he was one of those guys. He loved wrestling. He loved training. But when it came to the weightlifting and the conditioning side of it, he just did what his coaches told him. He didn't know anything about it. He never really had that love for weightlifting. He, he worked really hard at it, but he just, because he wanted to be good at wrestling. He said, you know, I know if I'm going to make a comeback, that has to be, you know, now at age 30 or whatever I am, this has to be a bigger part of my game. And I don't really know what to do. And I said, I just, it was just one of those moments where I was like, this is my opportunity, you know? I got I said, you. You know, I, I, like I've never even been in the room with a caliber of an athlete like this, let alone have an opportunity to train him. I just said, hey, man, let me help you. 
He's like, really? He's like, you help me? I said, yeah, man, I'll help you. He's like, oh, well, what would it cost? Like, no, I don't want to charge you anything. I was like, just you come here. You tell me when you can come train with me. I'm going to get you in shape. We're going to make a comeback. So from 2010 to 2012, Tommy, who lived in Hilliard, which is the, I'm on the far east side of Columbus, outside the city. He lives on the far west side. It's a good 45, 50 minute drive. He started driving out the old school three days a week. And I would train, you know, with him, you know, at first, you know, we're just kind of getting his threshold back up and you know, kind of get him used to weightlifting and stuff. And at that time, I'm not going to lie. Like I really had no idea how to train an elite athlete. I was just kind of throwing shit at the wall and seeing what would stick. <laughs> but I think, you know, my enthusiasm and just, I think he loved the grit of the facility. You know, he loved like, it kind of took him back to like a different time in his life where it's like, he's the underdog again. And so we made a comeback and he ended up dropping down to 97 kilos, you know, 213, you know, for the first time and, and rather than being a heavyweight. And he, you know, had a good comeback. He made it to the finals of the Olympic trials again, lost a tight one to Jake Varner, who went on to win the Olympic gold medal in London that year. So he was that close. And, uh, you know, it was heartbreaking. It's still heartbreaking for me to think about that, you know, get him that, for him, you know, for that to be his dream to be an Olympian and to lose to the Olympic gold medalist, you know, in the trials. And, but the point was we had a successful comeback and, you know, I, I, me and Tommy, you know, formed a good friendship. I earned a lot of a respect from him. And I remember, you know, after the Olympics died down and all that, you know, he reached out to me that September and he said, Hey man, you know, I couldn't, you know, obviously, you know, I didn't, you know, fulfill my goal, but I don't feel like I could have been more physically ready than I was. I appreciate everything you did for me. And, you know, we have some other guys down here at the regional training center that could use your help. We don't actually have a strength coach. They don't work with Ohio state strength coaches. You know, we got Reese Humphrey, we got Angel Escobedo, Keith Gavin, JD Bergman, these guys, like they could use some directions. Like, would you be interested in, you know, volunteering and helping them? And so again, it was another one of those things where I'm like, <laughs> you know, my, my foot's in the door. Oh my God, my alma mater, Ohio state. I've never even set foot in the wrestling room, you know? And, um, you know, so that's I went down. I met Coach Ryan and Coach Roselli. You know, who's the coach at Oklahoma now, but he was the head RTC coach at the time. And I went to them there, and they were kind of like, "Yeah, yeah, if you want to, you know, show up and you know, do some push-ups with these guys, and yeah, go ahead." <laughs> totally up. nonchalant, right? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I started, uh, you know, again. Now I'm driving down there three days a week, and Ohio State's about 45 minutes from my house. But I would block off, you know, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'd block off the mornings, go down there, and started working with them. And, you know. Really, I think the catalyst for me really getting involved was, you know, me and Reese Humphrey really clicked very well. Um, and right off the bat, I was like, you know what? I'm coming into, you know, me and Tommy already knew each other, but these guys, they don't know me. They're all younger than me. And I don't have, like, any type of wrestling pedigree. I'm just some, like, nobody high school wrestler. So the only way I can, in my mind, that I can get in there and win these guys' respect and get them – because an athlete has to respect you as a coach or they're not going to work hard for you. Um, I thought the only way I can get them to respect me is if I go in there and show them, I'm willing to get in the trenches with them and whatever I tell them to do, I'm going to do it too. You know, they might be, you know, a world team member and, you know, an elite athlete, you know, across the planet, but I'm just, you know, Joe Schmo trainer guy, but I'm going to go rep for rep, sprint for sprint, whatever I tell them to do, I'm going to do it with them. And it worked, you know, it, uh, it got, not only did it get me in the best shape of my life it forced me to really become a better coach. But I gained their respect, you know, me and Reese, we, we, the running joke is now like, we don't know how we didn't kill one another back then. Cause it would become like, who can outdo the other guy who can, you know, make it through this workout and survive without dying. Um, and, you know, not to keep rambling, I guess it's turning to longer than the two minute story, but, um, you know, after about, that was 2012 when I started down there volunteering with the RTC, 
after about a year, year and a half, you know, Coach Ryan, you know, because we're training in the same facility, he really started noticing the progress my guys were making. And he worked out with us a few times. He really liked my style. Any, anyone that's willing to, you know, suffer immensely, Coach Ryan is going to immediately have respect for you. And him and I headed off. So then I started kind of working with, you know, some of the guys who are redshirting. He'd say, okay, well, you know, these guys are RTC eligible. They're redshirting this year. So I'm going to have you work with them. And um, that's kind of how that happened. And before you knew it, I think maybe a year and a half to two years in, I, they started running all the Ohio State, the official team workouts through the regional training center. So now I became the de facto strength coach for the Buckeyes from 2014 to 2018. We had a really good run, as you mentioned. You know, we won three Big Ten titles. We won the, the team national title, you know, a team runner-up and two-third place. We had a, you know, really, really good block there. I was blessed to be able to work with some really great athletes and you know, I've stepped away from training the actual college athletes, but now I just train, you know, the Olympic level guys, the Miles Martin, Colin Moore, NATO, those guys. So and a, a lot of those coaches, a lot of those people that were at the RTC are now head coaches across the yes. country. I, I know you mentioned the Indiana coach and the Oklahoma State coach. And um, do those guys now, now as those guys kind of spider off into their careers, are they calling you being like, yo, man, I got to send you a guy this summer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I keep in touch with all those guys, you know? Um, so Angel, who's at Indiana, you know, he and I, we might talk every once in a while. There's been maybe like once in the last year, like maybe he'll like DM me on Instagram and say, Hey, Hey, gut check. What was that sprint workout we used to do on the treadmill? And I'll send him something or whatever. But uh, Reese, you know, who was just USA wrestling freestyle coach of the year is the regional training center coach now at New Jersey. Him and I probably talk, you know, a couple times a week. We're still really tight. We're actually working on some some content, some projects together. Uh, we got this new athlete, this new uh, ebook coming out, "How to Become a Freak Athlete." That's gonna be really oh, cool, really different. Yeah, somebody, um, a gentleman named John Clark, just tagged him in the comments. Uh, John Clark tagged J.D. Bergman and Reese Humphrey. So, um, thank you, John Clark, for tagging yeah. them. Yeah, John Clark was a uh, an Ohio State guy kind of before my time, would have been like kind of early 90s. John and Mitch Clark both wrestled here. Mitch was a, a national champion for us back in, and I can't remember when that would have been, early 90s, mid-90s, something like that. So shout out, John. I'm glad you're listening to us today, bud. Yeah, well, all of you guys, John Clark, J.D. Bergman, Reese Humphreys. Hey, man, my platform's your platform. You guys want to come on and uh, and teach me about wrestling? I'm, I'm open to hearing about it. <laughs> So, uh, man, that's cool. So now, obviously, the rest is history. You've written, uh, I see all these books you have on online, uh, The Strength and Conditioning, and uh, you have one about, uh, like, grit and neck work and grip work and all the stuff that goes into wrestling. Um, real cool website if you haven't been on there. Uh, pretty easy to navigate. Plus, he's got some great blogs on there that are free. Uh, you can go on there. Really cool blogs. Uh, teaching you nutrition and core, and we'll get into some of that stuff. Um, and then he's got some cool online workouts on there for you. So uh, one of them is a, a 28 dead, 28 day shred online program. I saw that on there, Coach. Um, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so 28 day shreds actually probably you know one of my most popular eBooks. I'd say it's probably my most popular program that's not you know wrestling specific. You know my my wrestling ones you know, the in-season, off-season, those were actually set up, you know, almost like textbooks for coaches. You know, so like, let's say you're a wrestling coach down in Florida. You might kind of know the piece of the puzzle. Like, all right, I know we're supposed to lift heavy. We're supposed to run, but you don't really know how the pieces fit together. My eBooks, 
lay everything out, what to do, when, how to taper properly, all that stuff. So those are my most popular ones. But outside of the wrestling ones, you know, I have a lot of you know, body weight training, conditioning, stuff like that on there. My 28-day shred is probably the most popular. It's, I came up with this, I think, four years ago. Um, you know, I kind of always, in the wintertime or in the fall, kind of let myself get out of shape somewhat, gain a little bit of body fat, enjoy eating some pizza and lay off the cardio once it gets cold. And then, you know, New Year's, I'm like, you know what? I, I need to get back in shape. I want to get back in shape fast. I got We had like a, uh, a trip to Mexico coming up or something. I was like, so I need to just come up with in, I need to come up with this kick-ass plan to really like a crash course in one month. If I got to like make, you know, if I need to lose 15, 20 pounds in a month, but continue to get stronger, you know, how do I do it? So I put together the strength plan. You know, it's a, uh, you know, so you have your traditional strength plan. You're still lifting very heavy. You know, I think people have this misconception of like, well, if you're trying to lose weight, it's just reps, reps, reps. No, you want to still get stronger, maintain the muscle mass that you have. And to do that, you still have to lift heavy, even when you're in calorie deficit. So there's still, you know, heavy lifting days throughout the week. You have some type of conditioning that you do every day. Sometimes a long conditioning workout later in the day. Sometimes it might just be, you know, 10 or 15 minutes that you do first thing, waking up to really kickstart your metabolism, stuff like that. But um, it's been a really popular program. Um, I mean, it's used and sold all over the world. I think probably, I think just last year alone, 20 different countries, which has been kind of cool to see. And I'll get messages from people that'll say, hey, this is my fifth time doing the program. They'll do it and then they'll move to something else. Then when they need to get, you know, kind of kickstart and get, you know, lean down for the summertime or spring break or whatever, they'll go back to the 28-day shred. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, uh, it looks really cool on there. We, we saw that. And then um, as you move kind of down the page, you had uh, uh, there was stuff about kind of uh, nutrition and things. And I think one of the big things in the community of wrestling is the whole weight cut slash nutrition. I think you'll hear a lot of coaches say, hey, weight cut is okay, but you still need to eat properly. Don't just starve yourself. Uh, how, what's your opinion there? How do you make sure that your athletes are weight cutting properly? Uh, what do you tell the kids out there? Yeah, so my, my big thing, especially at the high school level, the junior high level, I'm anti-weight cutting. I don't believe in it. So when, we, when we're talking about high school athletes, I teach them how to eat properly. I, you know, I want to get them in great shape, get their body fat naturally low, you know, to 10%. And I tell them, hey, you know, whatever, you know, if you're walking around, you know, at a weight where if you can do one practice and then make your weight, you know, not putting on trash bags, not restricting your food whatsoever, not restric restricting your water weight, then that's okay. You know, if you're, if you want to wrestle 138 and you're walking around 140, 141, once you're in shape as a high school kid, then I think that's fine. Anything more than that, I don't believe in it because I think at this stage in the game, they need to eat, they need to lift weights, get stronger and get better at wrestling. And I think, especially at the high school level, you know, their bodies are not developed yet. And, you know, for them to spend the whole season worrying about their weight, dehydrating on a weekly basis, not only is it dangerous, it's counterproductive to their development as a young athlete and as a wrestler. So that's really, you know, my stance. I'm working, especially in the high school world, to change that perception of, oh, let's get to the lowest weight possible. My kids at the high school level that have had the most success, they're because we bump up every year, you know. And, uh, and on your site there, uh, so for people out there, you don't need to, you can, you can hire Coach Myers to, to do plans for you. You don't need to be in Ohio. You don't need to be at his gym. He can put together plans for you, nutrition plans for you. Um, if you go through his site, he's got different blogs that, that teach you how to do exercises, just using the stuff you have in your house. So um, 
a lot of really good a lot of really good content on there. Um, I know one of the questions that that somebody shot out was um, lifts versus cardio, kind of days per week. Uh, what what is something that you recommend there? And then uh, Bob, you know, Coach Bob Howard Camp just put a uh, huge fan of goat cut of Coach Gut Check. Uh, my son used the off-season wrestling program. Uh, bench went from 135 to 195 as a 120-pounder. Yes. That 360 program is tough but effective and easy to follow. I love it, man. Coach, I really appreciate you, you know, chiming in with that, uh, that testimonial there. I'm glad to hear your son has got good results from the program. I try to make sure that when I'm giving you – you know, in my programs, you're not just getting like, hey, here's your workouts. I try to explain everything thoroughly. There's full exercise library, so there's no guessing as far as like, well, what is this exercise? What does he mean by that? Um, yeah, I really make them, I don't want to say, you know, strength training for dummies because it's not that, but I try to make them foolproof. So any parent or any coach will be able to utilize them. And there's a perfect example from Coach Bob right there. So um, I really appreciate that. Then back to your original question about, you know, days lifting versus day conditioning. Now there's in, I'm, I'm talking in general terms here, but for high school wrestlers, what I do, you know, in, during the off season, we have, they have three main lifts a week and then they have two to three optional lifts. And, you know, my kids that are trying to move up weight classes, then, hey, in the summertime, I expect them to lift a minimum of five days a week. They get their three main days and their two optional days. Uh, once they get into the season, you know, into, into the preseason, early preseason, you know, we'll go three main days. And then once they get to where they're competing, we chop it down to two days per week. We have one day that's very heavy. We typically do that on like a Sunday on a day where they don't have any practice, any competing or anything like that. That's going to, I want their body to feel fresh so that they're able, you know, their central nervous system is rested and they can still pull heavy weight off the floor and maintain that absolute strength that we want to maintain throughout the season. And then we'll have a second lift during the week where we might do some strength stuff at the beginning and then more of almost a conditioning style lift, you know, medicine balls and functional movement and stuff like that. So just in general, that's kind of what I do. Now, obviously, if you've got a heavy weight that is maybe a little undersized, and hey, during the season, he still might need to lift three or four days a week. Um, so really, you know, depends on the individual. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, no lifting plan is going to be beneficial if they're doing the wrong things or they don't have good form or they're not putting a lot of focus and intensity into it. So you can have the best plan in the world, which is my plan. But if the athlete isn't committed and doesn't put intensity into it, they're not going to get good results either. So a lot of it comes down to, you know, either the coach being able to lead and trying to, you know, being able to inspire, but also the individual athletes, you know, committing. I tell my guys, you know, my high school guys, I have them, you know, three to five hours a week or whatever. Think how many more hours in the week there is. So what they put in their bodies, what they choose not to put in their bodies, you know, the bad stuff, um, you know, what type of recovery they're getting, you know, whether they're prioritizing their sleep at night, whether they're drinking enough water during the day, all those things become factors. And it may seem like, oh, it didn't affect my workout much today. I might have just missed one rep because I was a little dehydrated or because I stayed up till four o'clock playing Fortnite. But, you know, those little, those little things are like little sheets of paper. And you stack those sheets of paper up. And over the course of the, the year, or course of a training cycle, you got a pretty big stack, right? And you want that stack to be in the positive column, in the, in the, in the win column, in the column that is going to contribute to you reaching your goals. Because if it's in the opposite, you know, that's not a good look. And I, that's, you know, the really big thing I try to preach to my guys, every, every little decision they make matters, everything they put in their body or don't put in their body or 
every night when they choose to go to sleep on time and get good rest, all that thing adds up over time. So the guys who I've been around, you know, the NATOs, Kyle Snyder, Colin Moore, Reese Humphrey, these guys that are very elite in the sport, they do everything right. They're like professionals. They treat it like it's their job. It's not just something they do because they feel like wrestling. They don't just take wrestling serious when they show up to practice or when they show up to my lifts. It's everything, you know, because it all adds up. And that's, that's probably the biggest takeaway. I would like any young wrestlers that are listening right now, if your son's still in the other room, kind of eavesdropping on us, make sure he understands every decision you make matters. And the guys I know that have been very successful in the sport, they make the right choices all the time. And um, <clears throat> I know, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Um, how, how many days of those weeks, how many, <clears throat> how many of those days do you put uh, kind of core strength exercises in there for these guys and 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 for wrestlers what is kind of your your how do you build their core strength okay so well, a, lot of, a lot of layers, a lot of layers to this question here sorry oh, that, does that make sense i was no no it, no it makes total sense it's just gonna this I, I, is, I, I, I can probably talk for an hour podcast just about this subject but we we do something for core training every day and it can vary. It might be an exercise specifically designed for the core, you know, something you would stereotypically think of as a core exercise, like let's say an ab wheel or a plank or something like that. It may be a functional movement that is really total body, but is also designed to build core strength, such as like a heavy carry, like a farmer's carry or a heavy overhead single head carry, where now the core aspect comes from having to stabilize that weight overhead uh, while we're actually moving. Um, and then on other days, most of our core work may be what you would think of as like prehab type movements, you know, hyperextension for the lower back, uh, pal-off press, which is like an anti-rotational band movement for the core. And those type of movements, we may kind of sprinkle in between our main movements as like active recovery while you're waiting to get back on the deadlift platform or the bench or the weighted chin-ups or whatever. So we do something for core every workout. We do something for your, the posterior chain every workout, you know, your glutes, hamstrings, low back, um, but it may not, that doesn't mean we deadlift every day. You know, we may, it, you know, so really um, we incorporate it in every workout, but it, the style that we incorporate, whether we're doing it for strength, for in, injury prevention or for stability kind of changes based on the programming. Nice. Uh, Coach Eric Floyd said, Coach Myers is the man. <laughs> Eric, you're the man. I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. Uh, I'm trying to get him all. Oh, I think he did sign up. Did he sign up yet? I don't know. I got to go look. Did you sign up, Eric? I don't know. He's doing those 24-hour lock-ins. Oh, nice. Um, that's crazy. All right, man. Well, I got some questions. I got 10 questions for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Fire. All right. So uh, short, hard interval training or long runs? You got to do both. You got to do both. So if you're only doing the long runs, you'll have a great base, but you'll crash and burn whenever you're taking – to the dark place in a scramble during a hard match. If you're only doing the sprint work, you might be able to sprint in those scrambles, but you don't have the aerobic base to aid your recovery. You have to do both. Got it. All right. Coconut flour or almond flour? Coconut flour. Boom. Uh, fast twitch muscle work or slow twitch muscle work? Again, both. If both. you're just a fast twitch athlete, you're not going to be able to hang. You're not going to be able to handle the grind of a match when someone grabs a hold of you and starts slowing the match down, and you know, hand fighting with you and digging underhooks and stuff like that, or 
you know, so you have, you have to do both. you got to train both. And really the, the percentage of your workout that you spend on one versus the other depends on the time of year. When you're in season, you concentrate, you know, preseason, concentrate more on the fast switch, but you still do this, you know, the slow switch strength stuff. And the off season where you're trying to gain muscle and primarily trying to gain strength, you're not as concerned with the fast switch. You're more worried about building that absolute strength. Awesome. Eric did sign up for Friday. I probably saw that coach. Sorry, man. I'm just, I, every day is one big day. Um, so looking forward to that. All right, what do I have next here? Oh, chicken breast or codfish? Mm. I like codfish, and, but if I'm gonna eat chicken, I eat chicken thighs. They're higher in fats, they have healthy fats, they're higher in B vitamins, higher in iron, better taste than chicken breast. Very underrated chicken thighs. I love chicken thighs. <laughs> not for the same, well, I think for the same reasons you love them, but not, I don't know all that stuff. I just like them because they're fat and yummy. <laughs> yeah, they taste, they hey, if nothing else, no, they taste better, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, sit-ups or planks? Planks, absolutely. We never do sit-ups. All right. Almond milk or coconut milk? Coconut milk. I'm a big coconut guy. I like, I like almonds too, but generally I consume almonds. I eat raw almonds. I don't do much of the almond milk. Almond, I do, uh, you know, coconut oil, coconut milk, coconut everything. <laughs> Dips or pull-ups? Uh, both. But if I had to pick one for wrestlers, pull-ups is more crucial. But you got to do both. All right. Uh, kind of a sweet tooth, but trying to be, be good about it. Uh, dark chocolate or semi-sweet? Dark chocolate. Squats or lunges? Lunges. And then so, I you know, many, many strength coaches will tell you that the squat is the king of all movements. I think the deadlift is the king of all movements. So most of my squat <laughs> variations, we do more of a unilateral stance, which I think is more applicable for athletes, but especially wrestlers. So split squats, lunges, step up, stuff like that. Now we do some back squat during the off season because it is a good mass builder and absolute strength builder, but especially when we get into, in, into the season, into the preseason, I take the back squat off, lunges, boom. Love it. All right, and I think I know your answer to this one because I just have a feeling that I know what you're gonna answer it. Tea and kombucha? Or coconut water. <laughs> um, he likes coconut, guys. He might go yeah, coconut. Yeah, I mean, it, that, it's pretty obvious. I'm going to go with coconut water. I, I tried to come kombucha or whatever before. I didn't really like it. I'm a big coffee guy, though. I drink a lot of coffee every day. Yes, I, I do, too. I love coffee. That's awesome. Hey, man, um, thanks so much, man. It was an absolute honor to get to, to meet somebody like yourself, uh, just an icon in, our, in this sport and in strength and conditioning and just a legend, man. And, and to come on my show, I'm humbled by it. So uh, I, th I, think, I think maybe, you know, a legend, an icon, that might be a little bit of a stretch, you know, I, mean, <laughs> I, I always say I'm just, I'm just your normal 41 year old dad that loves to lift weights. And I got a little, little edge to me that guys like, and that's really it, man. I just try to help people and, you know, try to lead by example. So I appreciate that you uh, made me sound, sound big time though, that I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I've read the names that you've trained, so that's some good stuff. So good for you. Um, and, uh, just, you know, like I say, keep kicking life's ass, man, and, and keep doing it. And, uh, if any of your buddies or friends want to come on the show, please send them my link and I'd be happy to talk to them. Um, I do have a, a store set up now where we got, uh, we got some shirts and some different things. So anybody out there, check it out. 
we could throw some of these books on there if you want. So let me know. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, after we get off the, after the show, you know, shoot me an email. Let me know what your son wants. Have a look at the site. I'll send some stuff over to you so we can try them out. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. You take it easy. I appreciate it, man. Take care. Yes, sir.